In a world where good news is hard to find, WAVA and One Heart DC present Good News for the City. We're here to share the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ and what his body, the church, is doing to spread this good news in the Washington, D.C. metro area, including northern Virginia, Maryland, and D.C. As Jesus said in John 17, Father, that they may be one just as we are one. Welcome to Good News for the City. The gospel, the gospel that makes a way. Greetings, folks, and welcome to Good News for the City, the radio broadcast ministry partnership between WAVA Radio and One Heart DC, right here on Life Changing Talk Radio, 105.1 FM, WAVA. My name is Dennis Williams. I'm director of ministry for WAVA Radio, and I want to welcome you to today's broadcast. Thanks for joining us, folks. Well, let me ask you a question, man, and ladies. What does it look like to walk away from something precious, indeed, that you have labored and sacrifice for that you love. You know, it sounds a little bit like what Jesus did leaving his disciples as he finished his earthly ministry. And maybe, just maybe, it's like raising a daughter and giving her away to a man whom you are now entrusting to care and love for her. As you have, by the way, I've done that twice, guys. I have identical twin daughters. I've done that twice. Well, In our story today, we will hear from one of our city spiritual fathers and the man that is now stewarding the church that he faithfully led for 36 years. We'll be discussing a transition or a succession in local church leadership. In this case, the church elders set a unique three-year period of overlap, which I think is fantastic. Transitions or changes are hard, man. For most of us individually and corporately as congregations, particularly when we like and are comfortable with what we already have, huh? We will explore a few of the details of the succession process, but mostly focus on these two leaders, what was going on in their hearts and how they have forged a relationship that is standing the test of one of the hardest in life, mantle from one leader to another. And we want to talk about that, folks. And you know the drill. Here to get us started to introduce our guests for the day is my good friend, my co-host, my buddy, um, all of that for good news for the city, Pastor Brian Bell, senior pastor of Christian Fellowship Church in Ashburn, Virginia. My brother, it's good to see you again, man. How you doing? I'm doing well, and I hope all our listeners are doing well. And however, they're catching this right here on WABA Radio or maybe later on on the podcast. A little bit of plug there in advance. You can go to goodnewsforthecity.com at any point Amen. and listen to it later on and pass it to friends. Because what we're going to talk about today, actually, for lots of people, they may not really understand the significant importance of it until they're beginning to experience it if it doesn't go well. And if we're yes, just honest, yes. many times in churches, pastoral transitions are at best difficult. Rarely yes. do they go smoothly. And that has very little to do many times with the fact that all of us are broken, sinning people. But sometimes it has something to do with all of us are broken, sinning people. Many times it just has to do with different personalities or different callings and different giftings. And so what does it look like to steward a church, not just while you're there, but also as God as my good friend Steve would say, doesn't call you into retirement, but into redeployment. 
What does that look like? And so we're going to have on the show, as you mentioned, uh, two pastors who are partnering together for the purpose of the good news of the gospel at Cherrydale Baptist Church there in Arlington, Virginia. First is Pastor Tom Ostike. He serves the lead pastor of Cherrydale Baptist Church there in Arlington. Cherrydale is 108 years old. It's an evangelical church in the Baptist tradition, uh, has core convictions of biblical authority, gospel centrality, and global missions. In fact, 20% of their budget is for that. And their mission is to make disciples who love God and people above all else. Back in 2019, he assumed the lead pastor role after serving as an associate pastor for seven years. He's a graduate of Messiah College and Capital Bible Seminary here in the Washington metro area. He's married to Nicole, and he has four children. Longtime listeners of the show, they'll know Pastor Steve King. Pastor Steve has been a part of so many people's lives here in Washington metro area, as well as guiding and directing on the board of One Heart DC, among many other things that he does there in Arlington and being a bridge builder. And so we're glad to have him back on the show. We were talking about this before. We don't know how many times he's been, but he's a veteran. I would say (laughs) that. Uh, He pastored from 1983 to 2019 at Cherrydale. It's a passion to make disciples who love God and people above all else. Leaves the band of Shepherds Pastors Fellowship in Arlington, and as said, serves on the board of Pioneer International for 26 years, and of course, a member of the One Heart DC board, a founding member, and a sponsor of the show. He holds degrees from the University of Georgia and Western Seminary, and MDiv from there. He has been married to sweetheart Maybell, and if you've never heard him talk about his wife, all you need to know is even in the way that he says her name, he loves this woman. They've been together for at least 44 years. They have two sons, Caleb and Joshua, who's uh, married to Naomi. They have a granddaughter as well. Uh, gentlemen, thanks for being in the show. That was a long introduction, so let me just hop straight into it. Steve, uh, you served uh, at Cherrydale a long time. Uh, pastors as lead or senior pastors, depending upon the tradition that people talk about, often have tenures that are five years or less. But for you, 36 years, uh, there are three years as full-time as a pastor emeritus. Talk about a little bit of the culture and the heritage of Cherrydale um, and what it's like. Uh, Cherrydale is 108 years old, and it's always been marked by three things, biblical authority, gospel centrality, and global missions. 25% of our budget goes to missions. Uh, and it's a uh, diverse church in one of the most strategic cities on the planet. If you mm. reach Arlington County, you'll touch the world. So yeah. I've always yes. felt yeah. Uh, great privilege to be in this place for so many years. Um, So Steve, I think there's a time in all of our life where we recognize that the assignment that God has us on, if we talk about it as an hourglass, that we start to realize that there's more sand in the bottom of our hourglass than the top. I think for different people that looks different depending upon the time, but there's a moment I think where that begins to dawn on us and, and things begin to factor in and, and affect our our decisions about how we're going to use those last grains of sand. Are we just going to let it all flow out and then hand it over to someone, let them figure it out? Or are we going to look at a transition and how would that work? So would you talk about for you, when you came to this decision that it was time to begin pastoral transition, what influenced that for you? Uh, how was it confirmed by uh, the people around you that you hold close, like Maybell, your spouse? How was it confirmed by the Holy Spirit, your elder board, and all the people that you connect and work and serve with? Uh, it was a conviction that I uh, brought with me when I came to Cherrydale, and what fueled that is a seven-year gap between me and a former pastor who's mm. wonderful. He's in heaven. He was here 25 years, 
but when he retired, there was no succession plan, and the church went through seven years of decline and division. Go talk to the elders. Tell them you want five more years. And I did. They prayed over it and came back and said, definitely five more years, but two years as the lead pastor, three as emeritus, so we Mm -hmm. can have a healthy transition. And they dealt with all of that. Then we began our search for the replacement. So it was a plan and a conviction, and every leader is temporary. And the best thing you can do is prepare them for the next leader. I think that's a a wonderful statement being reminded of no matter where we are in our leadership race, whether we think we're on the first turn holding the baton or whether we think we're on the last turn holding the baton, uh, it is temporary uh, in that way. Now, you know, Charito had a three-phase process. And so, Tom, uh, let me just kind of turn to you in this. Um, And it was overseen by the elders, pastoral search committee, also certainly having input from the congregation, all of that. Would you sort of describe how that worked and what happened in that process to make sure that it wasn't just a process put together by man, mm-hmm. but what did it look like to make sure that we were allowing the spirit to guide through that process? Yeah, that's a great question. Well, you mentioned Cherry Dells in the, in the Baptist tradition. And so um, we think a lot of the role of the congregation and how the members uh, select and affirm their leaders. So, um, we started by praying an awful lot as elders uh, for the Lord to guide us. And there were many points in the process where we all took our hands off the, off the handlebars and were very willing for the spirit to, to guide this wherever he was, he was taking it. And then a lot of conversation with the church family. We wanted to know what they were feeling and how they sensed the Lord leading as well. So we were open-handed. We were willing to be led, um, but we spent a lot of time thinking carefully about what our church needed after a long tenure like Steve's and what would be healthy and how we could maintain some momentum moving into the next, uh, the next chapter of our life together as a church. Yeah. And so Steve, I would say this, um, you know, if Cherrydale has been around 108 years, um, you're certainly not the founding pastor, but I would say if you've been there 36, um, no, it was close. Well, he was close, but not right? the founding pastor. Yeah, yeah, you might as well feel like the founding pastor for the vast majority of people there. It, it would be very difficult for them to separate the idea of lead or senior pastor from the personhood that is Steve King. And so given the history of the church, given the culture that you were key in cultivating, the preference of the members and, you know, very difficult when they think lead or senior pastor, they think Steve King and how God has gifted him and made him and wired him uniquely for good works before the foundation of the earth. How did it work as the church then was engaging uh, with the elders in this search committee process um, to look for this next person that be the person that God called that may or may not look like Steve King? but it's the person that God wants to step in and take the baton. I felt a huge responsibility to help set the tone for the next guy. Mm -hmm. Uh, And as Tom said, we had a good process, lots of prayer, listening carefully. Uh, And I want to brag on Tom uh, because of his character. Uh, He was on our staff uh, he started as an intern, went to seminary, became our small groups guy, and had his name in the hat 
is one of the potentials to be the next guy. And for two years, he was kind of dangled and poked and prodded and evaluated while we're looking at all these people. Um, And he won my heart because instead of running away, he ran toward us and shepherded Mm. harder. Uh, And eventually he, the elders settled on him. I, I never revealed what I thought until the elders had voted unanimously. And then I told them, uh, so in my opinion, he's a perfect fit, perfect fit for what this church needs at this time. And frankly, I sit in the back of the church most Sundays and I weep because I see the church flourishing under the next generation, same core values going to the next level. I could not be happier. Yeah. And, and Brian, Brian, I interject here, buddy. Um, sorry, I just wanted to ask, and I don't know if I missed something, but I wanted to clarify this for me, I guess, and for the listeners. Steve, I mean, um, it talked about a transition period and all. What happens at the end of that, that three-year transition period? I mean, are, do you just step away from the church? I'm moving to Waco, Texas. Not be in an official role. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. I think you yeah. told me that once, and I had forgotten. I'm sorry. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So, Tom, back to what you were saying early on. Yeah, I I think um, one of the other things that Steve did many years ago that that set us up for um, God to work through this transition was he gave away a lot of preaching opportunities. I mean, there was a point uh, near the end where he was in the pulpit um, about sixty percent of the time. And what that did was it gave our church an appetite for faithful preaching um, versus a particular preacher. Now, he's, he's loved, he's still loved, and the church longs to see him in the pulpit. But there was a sense in which they, they, they began to see that what we really are hungry for is faithful preaching. Mm-hmm. The other thing is, Brian, you said this in the introduction, mm-hmm. uh, Steve doesn't exist for himself. And he has, he's sought to glorify Christ and make much of him in this city. And so it's never been about him. And that also set the church family up for a transition. So, you know, we're all going to miss him terribly. Um, but he, he set us up well for health um, by preparing in advance. Well, I think what's interesting about some of the things that both of you men are highlighting is, is in a world where it's easily to substitute uh, people for the Bible, Create substitute deities, is yes. a term I like to say. Yes. Uh, our lead pastors many times become people's substitute deities. And without realizing it, they build their theology, they build their faithfulness to the church, their faithfulness to God around the particular leader who God has for a season because we're, you know, all temporary leaders at some level. And mm-hmm. so the faithfulness and the strategic nature of what you would have to do to make sure that doesn't happen is something that oftentimes is just overlooked. Uh, in that way, uh, for one reason or the other. And so, Tom, I, I have to imagine, while you knew Steve, and that was certainly helpful, and had a relationship with him, there's probably been a few moments where you're breathing in deep through your nose and out through your mouth, maybe not quite hyperventilating, but definitely taking some deep, long breaths of, you know, happen, having to step into uh, a role that someone um, that who would hate this term, but I'm going to use it anyway, Steve, is somewhat iconic uh, as being, a, we call him a city father. I mean, that's a lot to follow. Uh, talk about for you how God worked in you and how he helped you so that as you stepped in to this 
opportunity that God had laid before you and called you to be, as you had those shoes to fill, what did it look like for you? How did you feel as you went to move forward, knowing that uh, Steve was there at the same time? Uh, and uh, how does that tension work? Yeah, it's a great question. I think uh, the first answer is the long process, the dangling Steve talked about, that served to convince uh I was convinced that God had called Nicole and I to serve here. And it was a, it was a sense that was confirmed by the elders and then by the church family. So, you know, that, that being persuaded of that was a huge help in stepping into it. I think secondly, uh, Steve very easily transitioned into um, biggest supporter. And so I, I never wondered what he was thinking. I knew he was, he was committed uh, to me, he was a, the biggest fan, uh, a huge source of encouragement, um, and that was a that was an enormous blessing. And then I, I don't know if you heard about this COVID pandemic, but it came. Yeah, <laughs> that's a, new to me. Could you could you talk about that? Maybe our <laughs> listeners aren't familiar. Yeah. So you know, six months after I started, yeah. COVID help us out with that, Tom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it was a, it was actually a great distraction because mm-hmm. there wasn't time to think about a lot of other things. We just had to keep moving, keep preaching, keep leading, keep adapting, and sure. Honestly, I think there was some blessing in that for, for me. Yeah, I think that's a, a pretty good uh, assessment of what COVID can do in some good ways. Um, yeah. You know, we start focusing really on the things that matter most instead of the things that we kind of like mm-hmm. uh, around that. Mm-hmm. And then you look up now for our listeners, you know, a three year transition process um, in the business world, just to be honest, that's a really, really long time mm-hmm. uh, in the church world. I don't know that that's a long time, uh, but it may be it's unusual to take that amount of time to make sure uh, that happened well. Talk about how that works, how even though, Steve, you're Pastor Emeritus and Tom, you're a lead pastor, how do you work together as you uh, lead in this transition time? And did you have any particular models, maybe from scripture that even look like to guide and help you? Yeah, it's been great. I think um, Steve has been able to fade appropriately with while maintaining an incredibly heavy load. And uh, it's been an encouragement to all of us to watch. So uh, he has focused a lot on shepherding, which has been a huge blessing to the church family as well, because he didn't just go away like a light switch, right? It's a, it's a, it's a long fade, which gives people time to get used to uh, the new normal and he can still do marriage counseling and he can still do funerals. And he's still here on Sundays, excited and engaged. And it was a huge blessing for the church. Um, And uh, it's been encouraging to watch him fade into the background. Uh, Dennis, you said this earlier. I think it's, it's the, the metaphor that I've been using is this is like raising a daughter and giving her away in marriage. And that's been the primary metaphor in my mind. And I've, I've sought to honor Steve as much as possible and to look for ways. Um, I mean, Cherrydale was a, was a healthy church. Um, and it's been, it's been a great blessing to just try to build on the strength that's, that's already been here for 108 years. And I imagine that has to be a gift because a lot of times as new lead leaders or pastors step into a role, they're not always stepping into something. In fact, most of the time, they're not stepping into something that has been a healthy transition. Now for Steve, for you, I imagine uh, there's a lot of bittersweet going on as you prepare to move to Texas. And I I was very clear uh, when I said this, because I accidentally said retirement to you one time a few years back, (laughs) and you very quickly 
uh, reminded me it's not retirement, it's redeployment in that way. What does redeployment look like for you as God moves you into um, this next phase of life? Uh, we'll move to Waco, Texas, because that's where our granddaughter is living with her parents. And uh, mm-hmm. so uh, she's 14 and I baptized her two years ago. So it's a prime time there. The good evangelical community in Waco. Uh, my son's a professor at Baylor and there's two at seminary and I've already met other pastors. So I'll plug in with Maybell to our son's church and bloom where God plants me and see what he opens up. I imagine it'll be uh, some granddaughters can pull us away. Can't they, Steve? I have yes, one that did that. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I imagine it'll be an interesting moment for you to walk in, Steve, and no one know your history and, and no one yes. Uh, yes. accidentally or on purpose define you by the adjective pastor before your first name, Steve, yes. uh, and the opportunity of what it looks like to be faithful out of the identity that God has made for us, not necessarily the vocation he's called us into. Uh, which is a, a reminder that, you know, um, while every job is temporary, living out our identity as Christ followers, that is permanent as long as he has us uh, not underneath Amen. the dirt, so Amen. to speak, uh, in that way. Tom, what have you learned from Steve and how are you going to reflect on this as you look at your leadership? And um, God has a future for you as being part of the leadership and being uh, the person who's moving the vision forward there at Cherrydale. Yeah. Nicole and I grew up in great churches when we came to Cherrydale there was something brand new to us in the preaching. And that was uh, every time Steve ended, not by telling us what we needed to do more effectively, but what Christ has already done and encourage us to look at Christ and exalt him. That was brand new. And um, so his gospel centered um, foundation is something I've learned from him. Um, I've not met uh, very many people who are more gracious than Steve is um, more thoughtful and caring. And uh, that's a great blessing. Um, Steve's not just a preacher, though it might be what he's known for out there. Uh, he's a great shepherd, and I've watched him shepherd and care for this church family and the long relationships. Um, also, his longevity here is tenure. It's a really transient city. It's a really transient church. And to have a pastor who stays for decades is a huge blessing to the church family. Yeah, and, I'm and I've told Tom I went 36. I pray he goes 40. <laughs> <laughs> I want him to beat me. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Uh, and since people are only hearing you and can't necessarily see you, they don't, they don't know if Tom is 55 already or if he's 25. So, you know, uh, they'll, they'll have to Google him, I guess. And I will say, take a moment, go to www.cherrydale.org, find out more about Cherrydale Baptist Church, find out more, uh, about the ministry that's happening there, get a chance to, uh, possibly certainly if you're in the Arlington area, engage in participating in worship with them. Uh, because none of us who have a relationship with Jesus Christ are meant to be on our own. We're meant to be mm-hmm. in community, and that community is known as uh, the church. And so uh, just on behalf of so many pastors, um, that is my typical job, not just here on Good News for the City. Thank you for your faithfulness, Steve. Uh, you are yes. an example yes. to us. Uh, yeah. I look to you and others that we both know uh, as spiritual uh, fathers to me, uh, and uh, my prayer is, is that someday uh, that uh, if I'm twice the pastor, I am now, I'll be half the pastor that you wound up being. So uh, thank you for your example, Tom, on behalf of so many of us here in this area, God bless you. Thank you. We're praying for you. We're praying for all that God is doing and will do uh, there at Cherrydale. And thanks for taking some time here to talk with us here on Good News for the City. Dennis, this has been encouraging for me, hopefully for you as well. 
man, I just, I almost got a little brother, Steve, I have to, cause I know you better, man. I, I almost got a little teary eyed because I remember one of the first meetings that I ever had as I was coming to WAVA and um, Tom Moyer told me we would go out and meet with you and one of your folks and it would be about an hour. And I, I swear to my goodness, man, it ended up being about two and a half hours because we just talked about everything and it was fantastic. So God bless you for your heart. Hey, Tom, we'll be praying for you, brother. We love you both in Christ Jesus. And thank you so much, folks. Hey, if you want to hear this again, and I would urge you to do so, go to goodnewsforthecity.com. That's goodnewsforthecity.com. Also, to find out more about what's going on at Cherrydale, you can go to info at shell.org. That's info at cherrydale.org. You can always call me at the station. I can give you some information. 703-807-2266. Thank you for joining us today. We'll see you again next week. And remember, it's the gospel that makes a way. It's the gospel, the gospel that makes a way. Thank you for joining us and listening to Good News for the City, a gospel partnership between WAVA and One Heart DC. This is a partnership, movement which celebrates and seeks to accelerate the move of the gospel into the Washington, D.C. metro area. It is our prayer that through this radio broadcast ministry of Good News for the City, we will see transformed lives and communities and more and more people responding to the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We want to help bring unity to Bible-believing people and churches in order to multiply our impact in our city, and we would love for you to join us. You can learn more at goodnewsforthecity.com. That's goodnewsforthecity.com. Or you can go to wava.com keyword good news. Or you can call us at 703-807-2266. 703-807-2266. And remember, it's the gospel that makes a way.